I was grown up with the identity that um, that I was a whore, that I was a hoe, <laughs> that I was a hypocrite, that God doesn't love me. He doesn't love you like that. Mm. Uh, how can you expect God to use you living that way? It was just so harsh and I was living by that reality. It just became my reality so much that I thought I was never gonna have a relationship with Jesus again. I thought that that was the only way I was able to experience him and that's it. Like. I'm never gonna experience him again. Kelly, can you share your full name with us and what you do for a living? Yeah, my name's Kelly Martinez. I am a stay-at-home mom to three beautiful boys. Did you grow up in church? Do you have a religious background? Yes, I actually grew up in church. My family um, accepted Christ when I was the age of two. So I was raised in Christianity. Um, a lot of Pentecostal background, so it's very intense <laughs> for me. Um, it was more of how my mom was just telling me how I was supposed to experience Jesus, who He is, and that's the old, kind of making me feel like that's the only way mm-hmm. to live with Jesus. Yeah. How did that affect your view of Jesus? Um, growing up like that really affected me by keeping God in a box and thinking He was only this way. Um, that He. He could provide, but only to a certain extent. Like he heal, he can heal, but only to a certain extent. Um, he can, you can experience Holy Spirit, but to a certain extent. Mm. Um, there was always a cap to everything that I had to do with Jesus mm. and God. Mm. How did that affect your your life? I was able to. I noticed that I was experiencing Jesus in a different way, and I was feeling Him in a different way that I was being told. I grew up doing worship ministry. And through that, I was able to just really feel Jesus really next to me. It felt like uh, he was the one out in the audience and it was just him there. Mm. Um, And I was really told like, you're supposed to care about the people, you're supposed to watch what they're doing, make sure they're feeling it, whatever that meant. (laughs) Uh, But for me, it kind of was so confusing to me because I literally felt like it was just Jesus in front of me. And I was just literally ministering to him and just singing to him. So I never, I never, it was always a clashing with, why am I supposed to care so much about people and not who I really feel who's in front of me? Yeah. Could you give us a little bit more insight as to like what you felt or what you were going through when you were worshiping God? Obviously, a lot yeah. of us are not worship leaders and oh, yeah. <laughs> we, we don't know what that is like. So yeah. could you just give some insight as to what was that like for you? Yeah. So worship ministry was the one thing that I was not attached with my mom with. That was the one thing she couldn't fully understand. So worship ministry, doing worship was just finally something to myself. Yeah. And I was able to experience him for myself, really feel him for myself, and not to be told what I'm supposed to feel or how am I supposed to feel him. Um, so I always knew I had like talents and gifts, and my mom always acknowledged that for me. But to be able to be an actual minister for the Lord was completely different, something she didn't really have experience in, in. So I had to discover it for myself. Mm. Who, What is ministering to the Lord? What is worshiping Him? What kind of lifestyle am I supposed to be living for Him to be able to minister for His people? Uh, be a gateway basically to, hey, like this is my way I experience in Jesus and I just wanna bring a full room with me to be able to like, let's go after Jesus all together. Yeah. Was there any moments where you stepped away from walking with the Lord or, or any moment where you kind of went a different route? So unfortunately, there was a culture in my church where you could live a lukewarm Christian life. 
Um, you were able to do whatever you want offside, outside of stage and still come Sunday morning wow. and sing your life out and, and play. So that kind of got caught by me too. So I started living a life of fornication. And every Sunday I would still go up there and still sing. But every time, sorry, every time I would step on that stage, the Lord really made me feel like, hey, it's okay. I forgive you. I still receive your songs. I still receive your worship. Just keep doing it. And that was the only moment where I could really feel him again. Throughout the week in sin, it was hard because obviously you're deep into sin. And when it would come worship time on Sunday, I would go up those steps and be like, Jesus, I can't do this by myself. I need you. Like, I really need you more than anything now because I acknowledge the life of sin I'm living. And I need you right now because I can't minister like this without you. <laughs> and he would just make me feel, it's all right. I'm coming with you. And it was just every time I would just close my eyes and just literally feel like he was the only one in front of me. And I would just be singing songs to him. And you could hear people sing along with you, but that didn't really care to me. I just wanted to just worship him. I just wanted to re-encounter him every single Sunday because I knew it was a guarantee that I would meet him there, up there with singing with him. Did that help you begin to, what mm. did that do to you? That affirmation with the Lord, knowing what you were walking through, yeah. what did that do in your life? So through that, he always reminded me what I'm doing is all right. He always convicted me like, hey, but it was never like a harsh conviction. It was never like, hey, like, what are you doing is wrong. Like, it was never like that. It would literally feel like he would just come next to me and just say, hey, you know what you're doing is not right. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not pleasing to me. It hurts me to see you doing this. And I could feel the Lord's pain as I'm going deeper into the sin. Um, and it, it was just never harsh. So it just made me, like I said, like I was growing up and I was told God was harsh. There's a wrath. There's, he would come and there is a specific, um, my mom told me this picture of, you're at the cliff and the Lord's holding you by your shirt, but one day he's gonna let you go and it's gonna be bad. And that brought so much fear. And from that point, it was like, I wasn't that twisted my whole mindset of God being a loving God to now he hates me, to now he doesn't love me anymore. He's like just holding on to you by a thread and by any moment he can let you go and he's that's gonna be you by yourself. And that at that age, I was going closer to my adulthood so it really twisted to me to think that God hated me. Like what I was doing was wrong. And now I felt going up to the altar, I felt disgusted. I felt dirty. I felt like I shouldn't be here, but I could feel his love like furiously trying to come to me like, hey, like I'm still here, but I would block him because I thought he hated me. I thought like this is, I'm like done, I'm in hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm in hell and I can't get back out because he's just let me go. And then at 18, I got married. So all that harsh, like, so like harsh reality in a sense was pushing me so much to just like, I just want to leave home and never come back. <laughs> I was just growing, I grew up with so much manipulation, um, so much guilt, so much shame about the life I was living. Um, so those words was just really haunting me that, can I say what Chase called me? Yeah. Okay. <sighs> I was grown up with the identity that, um, that I was a whore that I was a hoe, <laughs> that I was a hypocrite, that God doesn't love me. He doesn't love you like that. Mm. Uh, how can you expect God to use you living that way? It was just so harsh and I was living by that reality. It just became my reality so much 
that I thought I was never going to have a relationship with Jesus again. I thought that that was the only way I was able to experience him. And that's it. Like, I'm never going to experience him again. So that pushed me to just want to run away from home. So I left at 18. Um, I left at 18 with my husband now. And through that, our parents pressured us to get married. And through that, I just went for it because my husband just made me feel safe. At that time, he was my boyfriend, but now at that time, I just felt so safe with him because he fully accepted me the way, just the way I was. Even though he, I told him my past and how deep into sin I was, he didn't care for that. He was just like, it's okay, I still love you. Wow. And I was like, okay, like, that's weird. <laughs> okay, if you say so. And I would, I remember constantly just telling him like, ah, that was so crazy. I constantly remember telling him, like, how could you love me if I was a hoe? How could you love me if I was a whore back then? Because that's what my mom told me. Like, how could you love me so much regarding of how many men I've slept with? How dark it was, how deep into this. And I was like, how could you still love me that way? And it really impacted me. So he made me just feel so safe. And um, <clears throat> through that, through that safeness, he made me feel like I could do whatever I want. <laughs> Once we got married, um, we were able just to live the life I guess we wanted in the world. We finally felt like, okay, like we can just do whatever we want with our parents say, and there is just no control over us. It's just for us, for ourselves. So we went after it. We went, partied, smoked, drank. It was a crazy life, a life that I've never experienced as well because I was very controlled um, growing up. So going through this, I always felt, even then still, I still felt the Lord's love. Like, this is wrong. You're doing this. Why are you doing this? You don't have to do this. Like, come on. Like, you don't have to do this. <sighs> and then one of the worst nights ever, <laughs> um, I think we were celebrating my husband's birthday. And we woke up hungover. And he met someone at the coffee shop where he went to go get us coffee. Now, before you, before you oh, go sorry. there. No, sorry. no, you're fine. Why Why would? Why do you say it was one of the worst nights? Was it just because it was, like, why? Wow. why would... that's, that's true. Um, it was one of the worst nights because I really felt I was so disconnected from God. It, it really felt like it was the cap of the worst things we were doing. And I literally felt like I can feel like, now that I, now I know, I feel, I know it was Holy Spirit telling me like, hey, if you keep going, this is just gonna get bad. Yeah, It's gonna get bad. And literally that, I remember falling asleep that night high and drunk or whatever. I'm like, this is, if I continue this, this is gonna get bad. Mm. I just remember feeling that, going to sleep, feeling this is gonna get bad. This is like, it was just a thought, this is gonna get bad. <sighs> and that's when we woke up. I felt so, it was just, I felt like a darkness around me. It's, that's where I really felt. It was just this darkness surrounding me, waking up like, what am I doing? Like, what, what what are you doing, Kelly? That's what I would just say, like, what am I doing? And I sent John to get coffee, and that's when he came back. He was like, I met someone that I used to do, like, call, like high school campuses with, and he invited me out to church. I was like, oh, okay. And uh, just for people who don't know, what is high school campuses? Oh, um, it was like, I guess it's like church at school. So he would do church at school like his junior and senior year. Um, and he reconnected with that person that had him start that 
And through that, he was just like impacted of like, whoa, like we just did crazy stuff last night and I met someone from church. So it was like, ooh, that's it's like weird thing of like, it's kind of like conviction at the same time. You're like, oh, like that felt weird. Like how am I drunk and hungover and meeting someone that's from God? <laughs> so you're just like, okay, so you just feel weird. And that's when we came out and we experienced community. We experienced like, hey, like people really want us to see us go after Jesus. Yeah. And literally, that was the last night we ever drank again, we ever smoked again. Since then, we've just never done it again. Wow. So talk about that, right? When you when you came into this this new church, obviously you're coming um, through different experiences, and you've yeah. experienced church in a different way in the past. So what was that experience like coming into that church and what you saw? Yeah. So the constant thing was being told, like, ask him yourself. Ask him yourself. You go and pray and ask himself. Ask him yourself. So I was constantly hearing that. So going from this is how you're supposed to experience Jesus to go ask for yourself, it's like, whoa, like you're supposed to tell me how am I supposed to go look for Jesus? You're supposed to tell me how am I supposed to pray? How am I supposed to fast? How am I supposed to do all these things? You're supposed to tell me what to do. To go from that to like, go ask him yourself. Wow. Have you asked Holy Spirit about it? What does Jesus think about it? I'm like, whoa, like where are these questions coming from? <laughs> where is this all this freedom for me to just go ask for myself? So it was just such an intentional of never like being told, hey, this is what it is. It was just, just asking for yourself. So I finally realized, oh, like, wait, is there like a communication supposed to happen? Is it a both ways type of stuff? And that really pushed me to really like ask Jesus, like, okay, who are you? Like, hey, like, I know I've heard about you and I was raised with you, but I really don't know you. And through that, um, I was just discovering Jesus for myself. I would go pray and just, I would just really just be expecting, expectant. My prayers weren't really long. I was just really just like confused. I'm like, okay, I don't know I'm supposed to do this. I don't know what praying for myself looks like. So it would just be like short prayers, but a lot of my prayers would just be there sitting still mm. and just waiting. And just like, okay, so like, hey, Jesus, who are you? And there was like a, just a silence. But through that silence, it meant everything. It felt like he was with me. It felt him again of how he was just sitting next to me or laying down with me. And it was just a silence, but it just said everything for me. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. It was a silence that just meant everything for me. Because that silence, even though it was silent, but it doesn't mean I was alone. It was just him with me, just dwelling with me and really sitting there with me, just ready to just go have a relationship with him. And through those teachings and through people just really making sure I'm going in for myself, I was taught Holy Spirit. <laughs> and Holy Spirit was someone that I've heard about, but usually like in revivals, comes like fire, like really like very powerful stuff. So you would think like, it's kind of a scary thing. So I just knew them as a specific thing that it would only come at church that it would only be there at revivals type of, you know, hype music and he was there. So that's when I knew like, okay, he can move in this powerful way, but I didn't know he was a personal thing. So I really went to this, this discovery of like, who is Holy Spirit? Like, who is this guy? What does he do for me? Like, what can he do for me? And how am I supposed to live acknowledging him? Uh, and through that, it really, really shifted my perspective and really brought so much joy to just discover Jesus, to just find out that Holy Spirit is who is a sustaining thing of God's character and emotions. Mm. It really, did, it just really changed my whole perspective of like, 
oh, I can feel things. I'm allowed to feel things. I was I grew up told being told you're supposed to you're not supposed to feel this. You're sad or angry, forget about it. Put a good face, you know, just smile on your face and get going. So I was never really able to experience emotions. I was told that to shut it down, that's not real. Keep yeah. on going. So through that, Holy Spirit made me acknowledge my emotions, made me acknowledge that I'm allowed to feel. I'm allowed to be angry. I'm allowed to be sad. I'm allowed to be upset. I'm allowed to be frustrated. And growing up, those things were told, those are not right. Like, those are bad emotions. Those are bad things. Forget about it. Keep on going. What did that that communication uh, look like? As you're now speaking with the Holy Spirit, which is obviously yeah. the Spirit of Jesus, yeah. right? Because you said, you know, at some points you were sitting there in silence, but yeah. that silence was comforting. But now you're speaking to the directly to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. What did that look like? What really shifted my perspective of Holy Spirit was like, he's a third person of God. He's a person. He's here with you. I thought of it just like, you know, like the wind, or but it's something that... It's someone who can be here with you. He's a someone. He's not a something. He's a someone. Mm-hmm. So once I started he- seeing him as someone, I could, I can now constantly see he's around me. He's with me. He's in my thoughts. He's next to me. He's everly present with me. Um, once I realized like he's the one that's here, Jesus, you know, in the Bible says that he will send someone to be with us, to be the counselor, to guide us. And that's where it really clicked. I was like, whoa, he's here with me. Like, this is someone that I can ask questions. This is someone that I can talk to, that I can have constant communication with. Um, he's someone literally right here on the earth with us. Mm. And once I realized that, my communication just went crazy. Like I was, I, I went from like just a setting a time of prayer to like all day. Hey, Holy Spirit, what do you think about this? Hey, mm. like, what do you think about this? Or what should I do with my finances right now? Like, what should I do with my kids right now? How did he answer? Like, obviously, God answers us in different ways and yeah. he speaks to us in different ways. But for you personally, as you're now having this constant communication right, with yeah. the Holy Spirit, how is he manifesting and communicating mm. in your life? When I ask him a question, I'm like, hey, like, let's just say practical. Like, how am I supposed to bring my kids? You know, me and my husband didn't grow up in the ideal situations. We didn't grow up in the ways that we would love our kids to be be growing up in. If we would replicate that, we're just replicating ourselves and we didn't want that. So being a mom was something that I always desired. I always desired to be a mom of boys. I always desired to be a stay-at-home mom since I was like the age of 15. And being a wife, uh, those were the two things that I really desired. And I would always tell the Lord, like, I just want to be a stay-at-home mom and be a good wife. Because growing up, I didn't have that. Excuse me. Growing up, I didn't have a good representation of marriage. Mm. My parents separated at the age of 12, so I didn't really know what that looked like. And even through that, my dad was very absent. So I had an idea of how I wanted to raise my family and how I wanted my family to be. And through that, that's when I really started asking, when it was starting to be a whole interactive thing, because while I was discovering Holy Spirit, I just gave birth. So there was this thing of like all this overwhelming, okay, I know who Holy Spirit is, but I just gave birth. So it's like I have a whole human to take care of now. Mm. The dream that I've been asking and the desire I've been asking is finally here. Now what do I do? So that pushed me to really ask Holy Spirit. And I remember praying to Holy Spirit and just asking God to really help me to raise my kids, not the way that I desire, but the way that He does. Um, Because Isaiah, my first child, he's a promised baby. My marriage was going through a dark place. 
And I remember like my my husband was going through something and he went to go ask for prayer. And I was going there to be a good wife, you know, supporting my husband. And the guy totally dismisses my husband and just goes straight to me. I was like, whoa, I'm not even asking for prayer here, sir. <laughs> he goes straight to me and he's just like, hey, the Lord is healing your uterus and he's going to give you a boy. Hmm. And my always is, and I remember I said my desire was to be a boy mom. My first child, I knew for sure I wanted to be a boy. And he was like, you're going to have a boy. And I was like, what? I wasn't even like praying for that. And I really thought something was wrong with me. I could, I, I had the lie of the enemy just really saying it was, I was growing up, you're not going to be able to bear children. Hmm. Something's wrong with you. You're not going to be able to bear children. So him releasing that over me, I was like, whoa, what is going on? <laughs> what is going on? And I was just like, okay, cool. I took that in and my husband and I just like sat on it and we're like, what is going on? We're like, okay. So we just took it in and that kind of made us want to try to have baby, like to, to try to have the first boy. Um, there was a lot of negative tests. It was a really long journey. And then through that journey, we kept getting more confirmations. Another random person came like, hey, the Lord's going to give you a boy. In a, in a time lapse of one year, you're going to have a boy. And I'm like, what? Like, I'm trying and he's not giving it to me. Like, how are you keep telling me these things? And again, my, my desire is to be a mom since I was like 15 to be a mom and just really love on my child. And then uh, Isaiah came. That's when like all the words that were released over us about his arrival felt real. Mm. It felt like, okay, he is real. He was told, the Lord delivered a message. And I was through that experience. I was doubting him. Like, why would you release this word over me and not give it to me? Like, what is going on? Um, through that, there was just this own battle. And then once Isaiah was here and I, and I felt him in my arms, it just felt real. Mm. And when he was born... Uh, when he was born, he we just had this moment. Like, we just had just, like, random instrumental music going on. And me and John just really took a moment just to really just thank the Lord. In in that moment, that's when I remember, like, this child is not mine. He's not mine. Mm. He was He was sent to me. He was really sent to me, and he's not mine. And that's when I realized, okay, I'm acknowledging Holy Spirit, and now I just gave birth. Now what do I do? I, so I just started asking Holy Spirit, hey, what do I do? To like the most practical things, I'm like, he's not taking breast milk, but he's not also taking formula. Like, what do I do? I was literally confused. And I would just ask Holy Spirit. And through my, even just like in that journey, he was just like, he would just instruct me, hey, this is what you do. In the Hispanic culture, you know, mistreatment, hitting is a, such a common thing. So, but I didn't want to raise my kids that way. I was like, I don't want to hit my children. I want them to acknowledge their emotions because remember, I wasn't allowed to experience emotions. Um, I want them to be so aware of themselves and be able to feel safe with me because I didn't feel safe with my mom. So I knew I wanted these things for my kid, but also acknowledging this kid is not mine. <laughs> so there's a whole other responsibility of raising your kids. <sighs> so through that, I would literally ask Holy Spirit, like, hey, like, what, what does parenting this, this this child looks like like how do I be how can I be gentle like how do I show him how to be aware of his emotions like how do I tell him hey what are you feeling and what you're feeling is okay and through that journey the Lord Holy the Holy Spirit really took me on my own journey of like hey like how do you feel right now I'm like what how do you really feel and I would just be confused and was the Lord and Holy Spirit would just really affirm me like hey it's okay to feel frustrated right now it's okay to feel mad, 
but give it to me and, and just let it go. And then I'm going to give you your answers. Calm down. Like he was literally practically, hey, it's okay. Calm down. Because parenting is really hard. Raising kids is not an easy thing. So there was a lot of frustrating moments. And you just learn that it's just triggers because how you were raised. So if my kid was wailing out, my mom, how she was responding to me, stop it, stop it, you know, get over yourself and hit. And like, it was just this emotional reaction from her and very like not, you know, controlled reaction. So through those moments, the Holy Spirit was healing myself from my own journey, from my past of like, hey, like I know your mom didn't do a good job, but I'm here to redeem it. I'm here to make it better. So through that, I was able just to really know like, okay, through I guess Holy Spirit parenting me, I was able to parent my child. And I'm able to parent my, my, all my rest of my kids. And I got three. And I got th- now I got three. Three boys. <laughs> so I have a five-year-old, a two-year-old, and an almost one-year-old. And it's been such a journey because I've noticed boys are very sensitive. They're very aware of their emotions. They just don't know how to express it, how yeah. to say it. And it's been such a journey to how the Lord, how Holy Spirit is doing it with me. I'm just replicating it with my kids. Yeah. And now I can just do this whole like system of like, hey, you can trust Holy Spirit. And I've taught my kids to go to their room and talk to Holy Spirit about their emotions. And you can hear my little five-year-old in his room, Holy Spirit, I just don't understand. I don't know why my mom is doing this. Why do I have to pick up my toys? And it's just this interactive thing that I'm just like, it's just such a reward to know that. I didn't grow up like this, but my kids are not going to grow up with this awareness. Like, I have someone to trust. Oh. Even in the silence, there's someone is there with me to just let go of my emotions, just let it all out. And he will come back up. Okay, mommy, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Caleb, this little brother. I'm sorry, Caleb. And it was like, okay. So it's like now I'm not doing parenting by myself. I'm doing parenting with Holy Spirit. He's parenting my kids too. So it's just been a beautiful journey with Holy Spirit. Looking back at your life, what can you say Jesus has done in your life? Ah, that's a good one. I think it's not what he has done, it's what who he is. It's just he's constant. Through my life, I could just really see he was always there. Through provision, whatever it looked like. Growing up, I wasn't allowed to be aware of what he would do. But I would see that my mom was struggling food was on our table. My mom would say, like, oh, like I don't know how we're going to eat this week. Food was there. Mm. So those little things that he was able to be constant in. I was in sin, but he was still loving me. I was going crazy. Now in marriage, he's still loving me. I don't know what I'm doing with my kids, but he's still loving me. It's this constant just love towards my life that will always forever be the mark that I know he's with me, that it's just his love is just pouring out every single moment of my life yeah. to know that because he loves me, I'm able to love. Because he loves me, I don't have to live in hatred. I don't have to live in anger. I don't have to live in confusion. I don't have to live in just this darkness. That I can live in light. That I might be confused, but I'm expecting for how it's going to be cleared. Like I might be in darkness, but I know light's going to come in. It's just this constant thing that I know he's just going to show up. I know he's going to be here, and he will forever be here. And it will just keep going until the day that I die. <laughs> For anybody that's listening or watching your testimony right now, what are some last words that you can speak to that to that person? I would just say the moments of hope you feel even in darkness, that's him. The even that you're you're even if you feel just this pit of darkness and you have this little bit of hope 
that little bit of hope is him. That's the Lord saying he's there with you and he wants to experience life with you. He doesn't just want to be this the person that's above you only, but he wants to be all around you. Um, and just give it a try because you won't regret it.